Hey everyone, welcome to the Grumpy Old Mushers podcast. My name's Lawrence. My name's Donald. And this is a work in progress. This is the first episode of our podcast. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a while. And yeah, no plan, just a very rough kind of idea of things we want to talk about. And like you said, we're going to talk about metal. Going to talk about metal, going to talk about punk, hardcore. Uh, we're going to talk about the culture around it. We're going to talk about how we got into it, the current state of affairs, that sort yeah, of thing. Man. Yeah, a bit, bit of everything. Um, so yeah, this 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 week's episode is going to be talking about sort of introductions, a bit about ourselves, who, you know, who we are, what we're into, um, and a bit about how we got into music. I think the idea for this in the beginning was kind of thinking about, you know, me and you both know a lot about music. We love to talk about music. Um, we can just geek out on bands for days. So I thought it was something where you know we should we should make something out of this. Why not? Let's 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 do something creative. <clears throat> no one's doing anything at the moment. There's nothing to do. So yeah. and everyone's doing podcasts and podcasts are fun. So and this is this is a bit of fun. So yeah. And you know, there's there's definitely a lot of dudes around the world who've been sat together one day and gone, you know what, we should make a podcast, and then it just never happens. So it's kind of cool for us to actually. Um, you know, go ahead with it. It's true, man. I feel really excited to do this, to be honest. Um, since we said it earlier in the week, I was like, yes, man. Fuck, let's do it, man. Yeah, let's, do yeah. something, let's do something creative. It's, it's fucking cool. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Worst um, case scenario, we have a bit of fun. Best case scenario, we become uh, worldwide superstars. Joe Rogan's. Yeah, man. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. If you, if you, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed um and want us to do some more let us know and um as i said this this episode is going to be a little bit about ourselves and kind of giving you an idea of who the fuck you're listening to um so yeah but i imagine initial people listening to this would be people that kind of know us a little bit anyway maybe maybe not um so yeah so i guess we'll start off talking a little bit about who we are and what our kind of intentions were so as i said before it's just something creative that we wanted to do and certain you know our passion for music so i guess we'll start with how we got into heavy music should we go with that yeah man yeah so oh, man. for me it was it was wrestling uh i was a big big fan of wwe when i was a kid i used to watch Sick. it every week I used yep. to watch all the all the pay-per-views and stuff like that and um you know, a lot of the wrestlers would have, uh, you know, theme music um, that was sort of, you know, rock slash metal orientated. You know, you had Triple H, you had a Motorhead theme song. There was a brief period where The Undertaker had uh, Limp Biscuit as a, as his theme song. Um, what What was the one? Um, is it DX? Was it D DX? Crew? D Generation X. Yeah. D Generation so X. What was their their song? Was sick. I can't really yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, that was a pretty. It was a pretty yeah. gnarly theme from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the culture around around that sort of got me into it, you know. Um, and, and every pay-per-view, um, sort of like the monthly, you know, the, the big sort of fights, you know, like your WrestleMania, your Royal Rumbles, they always would have uh, a theme. And uh, Limp Bizkit did the theme for SummerSlam one year, uh, Survivor Series one year. Yeah. Um, I didn't Metallica. know that. That's sick. Yeah. That's really well, cool. well, actually, my introduction to Metallica... Was, uh, I believe it was in 2003. I think that's when Saint Anger came out, um, and the, the the lead single Saint Anger was used as the theme music for uh, 
SummerSlam. And um, I remember hearing it and just thinking, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. So I think I was probably, probably you know, between the ages of six and eight was the first time I became aware of, of heavy music. And, um, and then obviously from there, there was also the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Massive. We, yeah. We, Massive influence. Sure, yeah. I mean, we yeah. both had a lot of fun playing that this this year, you know, the, with the remaster. Yeah, it was sick, um, man. It was sick. I think we are really getting into a time where of remasters and remakes being such a huge thing, man. We're just we're just craving this nostalgia so hard. I know it's kind of like getting a bit sidetracked, but I just thought about that with the remake and just think about all the other remakes that have come out in the past few years of just mm. every every single game from my childhood and films getting remade disney remaking all the fucking things live action and just like yeah. all this stuff man yeah but, there's a lot, a lot of hyper consumption of uh, nostalgia these days yeah, yeah it's crazy but that that yeah. was yeah the tony hawk remake was wicked man like you me- i remember you messaged me and said this is probably the most fun i've had playing a video game in like in years mm. <laughs> it's just like this yeah. is just so fun well that's the thing with with the nostalgia it kind of it takes you back to that sort of I mean, I mean, I had like a, a pretty nice childhood from from what I remember, and and you know, playing things like fingers Tony crossed, Hawk. yeah. <laughs> from what I remember, yeah, fuck knows, yeah. Um, you know, and and it kind of, without sounding all soppy, it kind of puts you back in that sort of warm caress of, yeah, of being a kid, you know, and um, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. So they, they were the first sort of introductions that I had to to heavy music, and uh, obviously, you know, I saw bits and pieces on MTV. Um, I remember a, a band that really struck me um, was Green Day. And, and I, I remember thinking that American Idiot was like the, their first album or something because they had a really bizarre sort of resurgence in the early 2000s. And it wasn't until maybe like a year after yeah. listening to that album on repeat that I realised it'd been around since like the late 80s or something. That's mad, isn't it? I never, yeah, I never thought of that as well. I remember f- the first time I ever heard them. I can remember where I was and everything. Like they had such a massive impact on me. And it was during their emo phase. It was when they uh, released Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Or I don't know what that, what's the album called? That, With, that was uh, off American Idiot, yeah. American Idiot. So I remember sitting at my auntie's house. I was like, I don't know, like, fucking hell. Whenever that came out, like, it was on music TV, like, it was MTV or whatever. And um, Wake Me Up When September Ends came on, the video for that. And I remember the video is kind of like dark, like it's kind of emo and a little bit kind of like moody and like obviously the, the, the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the sound of it's kind of dark. And I remember sitting there as a kid and just being fucking mesmerized, man. I was like, this is, this is insane. Like, I just love it. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I was just obsessed with him. But I, like, I remember hearing that. And to be fair, when I was so young, I don't even know if I like went and found them afterwards. I just remember seeing that and just having a real impact on me. And then just sort of, I feel like I just knew him after that. But I never, mm-hmm. I'd never knew Ducky or anything. My no. to Green Day was fucking like properly was the Rock Band games I used to be obsessed with. For anyone that doesn't know, Rock Band was like a rhythm game that was on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 back in the day, like the early 2010s and sort of like 2007 and onwards that little period and um they made a green day rock band and it had every green day song from all the albums and like all the different stages and kind of all that shit and that was when i was like fuck dookie is insane like this is such a good album but i'd never heard of it i only knew american idiot like that album and then like pretty much nothing else so oh i fucking my, my alexa's 
popping that, off, that, mate. That's our first uh, technical difficulty yes, right Yes, technical there. hitch, my legs is yeah. piping Keep, up. Don't don't edit it out, man. Yeah, it's organic. Really Gotta love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, yeah, I've just gone off about, about, about my instruction Green Day, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that, that, that was it, really, about Green Day. I mean, um, I think I, I was thinking this morning, actually, about why kids particularly often get into to heavy music and i think there's there's sort of like a rebellious nature to it isn't there definitely man yeah um yeah. you know like when i was uh like i said i had a i had a good childhood but i i, I know this is really generic for somebody describing their experience of music but I genuinely did always feel very out of place as a kid yeah and um i'm a bit boring these days but when i was a kid you know i i really didn't like authority like i hated being told what to do and stuff and yeah i think yeah. I, th- I think i think seeing you know people like billy joe armstrong and 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 marilyn manson and stuff a lot a lot of it was very much like a fuck you and i, I know this is sounds kind of cringy because this is what everybody says but there's it, a lot of true truth though to it. that's yeah. yeah the whole kind of um yes yeah, the whole kind of ethos and the attitude in it it's just like rebellious and like fuck fuck everything mm-hmm. kind of I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, and, for and me, kids... I was definitely always more attracted to like the emo stuff as I got sort of mm. like before 10 and onwards. Like, but, but as a younger kid, I was definitely much more into like some 41, like more, it was weird. I was kind of into more punkier shit when I was really young. And then all of a sudden, like just got it turned this mega emo sort of like 10 onwards or whatever. Well, but... that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh... like, yeah. What was there like a particular sort of song that really sort of, like wake me up when september ends like honestly was one of the top ones for me like, I, f- I felt like i had so many emotions like i was so deep i just remember this that song of thinking no one understands man yeah wake <laughs> me up when september ends yeah i've had no enough one wants to go back to school do they yeah, so, man. yeah. <laughs> nobody gets me like it was yeah. that and um what was the other one fucking black parade man like that the yeah, same that... thing it was on mtv it like mm. same thing like at my auntie's house i remember seeing that thinking fuck me like it's six, but then yeah, but they're one of those bands where I just I'm actually embarrassed to say that I like enjoyed that song because I just mm. I, I just can't stand that band. Whereas Green Day, I'm like it's fine, but Michael like I really can't stand him, man. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. want to be negative, but they're just no, one of those no. bands that it's just like, dude. I think the main thing is I, so it's going off a bit of a sidetrack, but I yeah. got I I got I won tickets to see them when I was like. 15 or something like the roundhouse in camden um did uh in london tell everyone how old you are by the way seeing as yeah we're on the we're top. Bo- yeah what are you 25 you're 25 i'm, 26. T- I'm 26 i'm, I'm oh. gonna be 27 in yeah December. we should have said at the beginning grumpy old moshes um it's because you know we're, we're in it we said this the other day like when you're getting into this sort of music you know 14 15 16 like 21 is ancient i mean like i used to think of yeah. 20 or 21 being like so old so obviously from that perspective, grumpy old mushers, right? But um grand scheme of things, yeah. 25, 26, you know. We're not I we're think, not too think, old. My yeah, knees we... fucking ache, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're we're not falling apart just yet, but we are I suppose you could say that we're like scene veterans to some extent, you know. We I mean I mean, yeah. I mean it's less of like us being in this in the sense of like popular or anything. It's more just mm. like we've been to a million fucking shows, you know. Like we've just have <clears throat> been obsessed with it. Like bought a million records, bought you know like my merch. The, the amount of merch I have at this point is just absurd. 
like yeah. boxes on boxes on boxes of just like these cupboards I know you've got are, are this size yours, for a reason but... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know like if uh, we probably won't upload this for video but he's pointing at his cupboards behind him there when he says that but um full of yeah man merch. it just yeah so it's, i guess better is in the sense that like it's been 10 years now of going to gigs and buying merch listening to the, the albums you know but i mean buying the albums when we were 10 or whatever buying the cds and having cd walkman like some of my favorite albums were just got rinsed on a cd walkman i can't really remember what they were now but i know the first band that properly like did it for me and i just i don't know it didn't have that same sort of impact as like the later bands like with green Day and stuff like that but i just was obsessed with them and didn't i was too young to even really think about it as anything more than just i love it which was some 41 and uh what was it all killer no filler is that the album that's the one the one with like um, that lip and into deep yeah and... yeah and that that album's old now like um because i was super young and there's a picture of me basically with their t-shirt god knows where i got it from because it definitely wasn't from a show like my parents somehow got me one 2001 yeah it makes sense i was six years old and yeah there's a picture of me with bubble wrap over my head like I don't even know, like like looking like a little maniac with a Sum 41 t-shirt on. And they were just why, like... Why I was did just, you have bubble wrap? I have no idea. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the story about it. I've just got bubble wrap on my head and I'm like, <laughs> I look proper demented and I've got a Sum 41 shirt on. And um, and I had spiked hair at that point as well. I did like a kind of mohawky kind of thing. I was just I was just well into it, man. I was a little, little punky fucking pop punk kid or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But that was just like the best thing I'd ever heard when I was at six. Uh-huh. I think I think a lot of the bands that people are attracted to, especially when they're younger, are quite like caricature kind of things. Yeah. I think this is why Slipknot and Manson and you know Billy Joe Armstrong, you know, they're very sort of like animated, uh, high contrast sort of characters are, are very appealing because um, it, it, it like you know when, when you like going back to wrestling or whatever, kids they love narratives with like <clears throat> heroes and villains and stuff like that and I think those kind of artists do appeal to kids a lot so I think that's Definitely. yeah I think yeah. it's like it's like the level of music where it becomes more of like a, a story or the sound that it invokes is like anyone could sort of like vibe with it it doesn't have to be you don't have to know about a genre I guess to to get I guess it, well, it's just gateway bands and it? it's gateway bands it's like bands that sort of sum up an entire genre without you needing to like dig deep to understand it or anything you're just like that that band got me into whatever that is kind of thing what what um, was your first experience of bands that screamed oh um so probably i know i know exactly what it was hmm. fucking hell i remember this clear as day right so <clears throat> i my dad used to play so my um, parents are separated. I used to go to my dad's on the weekends. We're not till about 15 or every weekend. Um, and in the car, my dad would play different stuff because the drive was like an hour odd drive. And he, he would just have this like playlist of stuff. I would never really like, like tell him to put music on. So it would just be whatever he was listening to or whatever, or whatever he thought I'd like, I guess. So he'd get new artists every now and then of stuff. And I know a lot of like the rock and stuff I was hearing there was when I was sort of like, I don't know, early like, rock like kind of lighter i guess but still you know like where it's kind of in between like you know jet you know a band jet where it's like um what's that Don't song think I know them. what's that <clears throat> song uh feels so fun and uh, make, make your man one two three tell your hand to call me you know that one 
Mm, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, big black boots, long brown hair. That one. Okay. But that one, that was like really aggressive, but like it wasn't screaming. It was kind of like shouting, but like I would used to hear those kind of things being like really young in my dad's car and be like, yeah, it's kind of cool, whatever. And it was kind of like acceptable enough that your parent, like your dad would listen to it, but it was sort of like a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more en- high energy or whatever, I guess. Mm. But then I remember, so that week, like one weekend before we were coming back home, I found Avenge Sevenfold on iTunes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is, this is crazy. But like it's emo and it's like, my dad's just going to hate it. But I was like, I downloaded it. I was like, right, daddy, put this on on the way home. So I remember playing the whole um, Critical Acclaim album. You know, the white white cover with the... Subtitles, with the, yeah. Yeah, the whole fucking thing, man. And his face, like, he was silent the whole drive. And I remember yeah. sitting there, like, goosebumps, a bit, like pure chills, like intense. And I remember just, like, proper getting chills listening to Ven Sevenfold and uh, Afterlife, you know, like the massive solo at the end of Afterlife. That did, 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 oh, yeah. I was just like, mate, sat in that car, just absolutely fucking like, it's, it's kind of not even letting on. Do you know what I, mean? I just sat there in, in silence, like in awe of it. And my dad just thinking, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, they, and they, that, they, that they was really definitely, that was probably the first time I was like listening to proper screaming and thinking, damn, okay, I can mm. sort of get behind this. Like it was probably the heaviest I'd heard at that point. Mm-hmm. I think mean, it was probably yeah. like 12 or 13, something like that. Uh-huh. I mean, <clears throat> what was the first band that you listened to, which was, I mean, obviously in my case, for example, like, uh, you know, that song Fade by Linkin Park. Um, yeah. Is that, is that that scream a bit at the end where it's like, hear me out now, you're going to listen yes. to it. You know what I mean? Like, See, so like yeah. I, I, I'm going to say I picked up little bits here and there, like sort of screamy parts or maybe like a, a more raspy Definitely. sort of vocal style. But, but but what I'm wondering, Lawrence, is what mm. was the first band that you listened to that was consistent? Like straight up, the yeah. Verses, yeah. Because Avenged Sevenfold definitely mixed it up. Like there's a lot of singing, and obviously it's kind of more like the occasional scream. To be fair, but they were heavy. Like the actual music itself was fucking like you know what I mean. Like a lot of a lot of chugs and a lot of kind of like metalcore. I hadn't really, I didn't know what metalcore was. It was twelve. Mm. Um, so like. Probably Slipknot, man. It, I remember. So at this point, I felt like I'd already been listening to other bands, but it was where I, it was a process of I remember like listening to it and thinking, I, I don't know if I'm really into these screams, but I, I'm gonna stick with it. I mean, like I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick it out. And it was um, Psychosocial, and I remember like even some kids in my school who were like not at all into like any of this kind of music, just like you know like, your normie, completely standard kids. I remember one kid called Jordan who was into psychosocial and he was like kind of just like a regular kid you know what I mean like kind of cool kid I guess and I'm like this little emo and I remember me and him like talking about how much we enjoyed it whatever and, like just you know chatting on about it um because obviously the, the clean chorus of that is kind of like it's really poppy like easy to get behind not poppy but like it's catchy do you know what I mean and then the screams are like proper heavy so I say Slipknot's got to be a, a massive one for I, I know so many people's gateways but yeah Slipknot are just huge for that because something about it like that that band if iowa was the first album i ever heard i never would have got into him because it's so even today that album is so visceral so that it's just it's yeah. so fucking yeah it's so so heavy yeah um but like yeah the whole of all hope is gone for me like 
I listened to it a shitload around 13, 14 and just loved it. And to this day, it's probably my favourite Slipknot album. I haven't really bothered with any of the other ones, to be honest. I know you're a big yeah. fan. But yeah. yeah. What about you, anyway? What's your first first Screams? Similar, really. I mean, again, you know, like I've heard bits and pieces here and there. And, and if somebody had said to me when I was like nine, like, if somebody said, like, oh, did you know that there's music out there where people just scream, I'd say, yeah, I can probably believe that. Because I probably picked it up here and there. I'd probably seen it on a film where there's like a scene or maybe on The Sopranos or whatever, there's a scene where AJ is listening to some crazy fucking metal band or something. Yeah, dude. Um, so like, I, I kind of... I Shout out Sopranos. Shout out Sopranos, greatest TV series Big shout time. out. Best. Uh, better, the thing is, man... You know what it is? Breaking Bad and Sopranos, I honestly feel like they're just they're just on the same the same thing, man. It's so hard to say which one is objectively mm. better. Like, I don't think Breaking Bad has a has a single bad episode. And it's I do I do think I do think with Sopranos that there are one or two episodes that are just they're just not they're not they're not top class. Like they're still amazing, but I think Breaking Bad, I, I literally can't pick a bad one. I think they're a completely different vibe, I think. I mean, I think they're both on par in terms of quality. I think Breaking Bad has yeah. more of a, like I said, like a binge-worthy narrative, but I think the overall product of The Sopranos and the themes around it and in yeah. terms of some of the quotes from it as well. Like it's, it's a lot. Quotable. It's so much deeper, isn't it? Like, it's mm. so much more about, like... More subtle, so much, it's so much yeah. more philosophical and shit yeah mm. i think also i don't know if i'm right about this, but i think sopranos is double the length i think sopranos is 100 plus hours and i think breaking bad's around 50 yeah well that's it i mean I might breaking, be bad, bad. breaking bad's a lot more intense it's that sort of like edge of you see action every single scene i don't know why we're talking about tv but <laughs> why not man <laughs> why not i'm sure people that... are interested in this because everyone i'm sure anyone who's seen these can just appreciate that it's just yeah. it's a tough call man yeah it's like edge of you see action uh you know get you finish one episode and you've just got to know what happens next whereas i think the Sopranos is more of a slow burner. Um, oh, definitely. But, but but I'd say it's definitely number one for me. I, you know what? I really tried hard with The Wire. I've tried and tried and tried. You love it. I know you love The Wire. No, 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 no. I don't, mate. I don't. No. I, oh, you I, don't love I, gave, I gave up after second season. I don't know why I thought it was you, but I've got I've got mates who who, who think it is yeah. the best TV series of all time. But I just no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I focus on it, I mean I've got pretty bad ADHD, so I have to watch everything with subtitles anyway, just so I don't like lose track of it. Right. Yeah. Um. And I've and I've sat down, focused on it, read the plot synopsis, done everything because I really wanted to like you know those things it's that you so want to hard like to understand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That there's certain. It's like that with music. There's certain bands you wish you could like because they're kind yeah. of cool or whatever and they're kind of well-liked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but um, there, are, there are certain bands, you know what I mean? Like Pearl Jam, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love to yeah, like yeah, Pearl yeah. Jam, but I just... Oh, mate, it just doesn't I, definitely, do I really agree with you, man. I think, like, Pearl Jam one is, like, a couple good songs and then yeah. their entire catalogue of, like, 40 years is just, like, mm. what What are they? I don't understand yeah. what kind of music it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Yeah. But then the ones that are good are brilliant. Like the standout ones, like Even Flow and um, mm. what's the other one, man? Alive. I think yeah. it's called Alive. Yeah, they're they're two bangers, man. Yeah, no, they they are, yeah they have a song called Is it Evolution as well? The one with the music videos, just like and I think just just Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder's a hero as well, man. He's mm. just such a cool fucking dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, so Pearl Jam is the equivalent of The Wire, basically. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would really, I would massively agree with that. Yeah, yeah. 
But you um, heard you heard it here first, guys. Grumpy on Monster Podcast. There's your little yeah. nugget of wisdom to take home. Yeah, that um, is that was the purpose of the podcast to draw yeah. parallels between Pearl Jam and the Wire. But which I think is fuck, excellent, excellent, excellently noticed. Well, we can bring yeah. it back. We can bring it back. Um, screaming, that was it. Screaming, screaming. Yeah. Um, so, what were your so first ones? Yeah. Mine was Slipknot, Avenged Sevenfold. Mm. Um, who else? So, who who was kind of in the same realm with Slipknot around that time? Um, I really I really loved Rise to Remain. That was 2011. I yeah. don't know if there was even earlier than that though, because I was I was 14 or 15. So I'm trying to think if there was earlier. I feel like secondary school, like year seven, was when I started really getting into screaming, screaming yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't think yeah, mm. I really don't think I was hearing much screaming at, at year six. I do feel like it was soon as year seven kicked off secondary school, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm finding this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I think, yeah. And we, also, we're... you know what? Guitar Hero was huge for me, mate. It was such a big deal for finding out all of this heavier stuff because the Guitar Hero set lists were, were gnarly, mate. They were heavy as shit. Like, I found so many bands through through that band uh that game sorry through rock band like loads of rhythm games when i was a kid really turned me on to so much stuff mm-hmm. um so well, yeah i've got, I got to credit guitar hero for, for so much honestly me too. oh you me know too. what you know what my chemical romance my favorite song by them is dead and that's because dead is in guitar hero 2 and that was one of my favorite songs to play on guitar hero 2 and it's just a fucking tune like just love it um so to be fair, yeah, I give my Chromats credit. Dead is all right. I mean, I'd struggle to listen to it today. I honestly would, but it's definitely not. It's definitely like passable, man. That guitar solo, it slaps, man. It slaps. It does, yeah. It does. And it's, um, but yeah, it's... yeah. But yeah, let's get back to uh, what you were saying anyway. Well, what, yeah, I mean, what, what, where I was going with it was like, yeah, so I kind of knew that streaming music existed, but I couldn't really but I've never really listened to it. So uh, there was this absolute prick at my high school. Um, There's a few of them. And I was on a bus one day and he was like, have you ever heard of Slipknot? And I was like, yeah. Because to be fair, I had it. I think I just, I don't know where I'd heard it. Probably just some, some things just kind of get ingested into your consciousness, don't they? You don't know how or why you know what yes. it is. But you just heard of it. That's um, it. And, and he was like, oh, listen to these. And he played me uh, Weight of Bleed. Uh, which was, uh, I, think that was like, I think that was like the sort of lead single from um, the self-titled one from that. So heavy, but, uh, man. But yeah, so yeah. But but you know, this was a long time after the fact because you know that album dropped in '99, and he was showing me this in in 2006, and he showed it me. Yeah, and I, and I fucking hated it. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I was, I was like, I was like, what, what a racket! But but it was really bizarre. It was kind of like, have you ever heard the term Schadenfreude? No, never. Kind of like something bothers you or triggers you, but you kind of like it. Yeah. So I went home that night and, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was kind of, I don't know, maybe this is a bit, a bit maybe I was being a bit of prude, but it, it kind of, I found it quite disturbing. Like yeah. just these, just these crazy dudes in masks, like dirty, sweaty oh, bastards. Yeah, mm. um, and, 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 but yeah, so like I hated it, but I also was kind of curious and I wanted to learn more about it and sort of understand where they were coming from. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just went home and uh, I think this, this was back when LimeWire and your sort of torrent sites were 
that allowed you to access pretty much everything. Because streaming services weren't really a thing at this point, you know? Yeah, man. LimeWire on the, on the desktop PC with the yeah. dial-up. Exactly. Oh, mate. Phone rings and it's like, yeah, say goodbye to your downloads. That's, yeah. how, that's <laughs> how it went down, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, anyway, so you know, download. I actually think I went out and bought it. There was a record shop uh, near nearby to where I live. So yeah, that that night when he showed it me, I went home and had a look at some more of the videos. And so, hold on, was this your friend on the bus showed you it, or just a random guy uh, on the bus? Uh, well, so like we, so like for fuck's sake, I'm gonna have to tell everyone I was privately educated. So we had our own sort of like <laughs> co- we, we we had our own. Co- it was like a coach specifically that picked up kids from our school or whatever. Yeah, you could have just said school bus. Yeah, that's all right. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't have pride. Yeah, no, it wasn't just some random member of the public. It was a guy from guys, school. Guys, but... he did go to private school, but he's not well off, all right? Yeah. All right, he's yeah. a little peasant like me. <laughs> yeah, I've spent, I've just spent all my money on Counterparts merch, and now I'm, yeah, really struggling. Counterparts so, merch? Don't you just uh, have, like, one one T-shirt from that? Uh, nah, I've got a few bits and pieces. Have but... you? I think anyway, I've got more Slipknot merch. Anyway, yeah, go Yeah, I say that, but I've got the most merch. I'm just, cause... Yeah, yeah. Slipknot, they're awesome. That's, anyway, a sick, so what, that's a sick tea there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, my man, Dex Sherry. He does uh, uh, at, uh, let's see, what is it again? Hell and High Tide. Does some nice prints. That's a nice one, uh, yeah. And yeah, Slipknot don't make a penny, but uh, Dex a fucking legend. Fuck it, man. Screen rips are, are what it's all about. I've, I've had loads the past And Slipknot don't need to make a penny. They're minted, so go and support your local bootleg man. Yeah, because... there's a there's an Instagram page called Justified Arrogance on Instagram for mm. anyone that's that wants like nice bootlegs. He makes some fucking sick ones, man. The Marauder shirt, um, the first Marauder shirt they ever did, I think he he bootlegged, and it's one of my favorite t-shirts. I love a Marauder um, shirt. Yeah, mate, I would love one of the Master Killer ones. This one's like really trippy, like it's, it's cool. Um, what else did I get? I've got a Nirvana shirt. He did the Nirvana um, with the bird on it with her tits out. The Coke, Coke, heroin. What's it? What's the Nirvana thing that used to be like the lyric? It wasn't a lyric, but it was like the slogan that was like smoke, crack, uh, eat, no, eat it pers- was, worship it was, Satan, something like that. I should it remember like, it. it yeah, I had it. It was like the Nirvana with the smiley face. I think it was, it was eat, like- eat pussy, smoke, crack, worship Satan, something like that. The one I had, it was like uh, uh, something. Eat crack, crack smoke like, pussy. It was like <laughs> it was like crack smoking corporate. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Crack smoking. It was Satan like, worshiping. Yeah, yeah. Crack smoking Satan worshiping bum liquors, something like that. Yeah, liquors, corporate you know rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought no, you're that right. T-shirt. You're right. It was crack, it is. It's crack. Crack smoking. Kitty petting. Kitty fudge, petting? That's fudge, not what... Yeah. That, oh, fudge packing. It was fudge packing, crack smoking, Satan yeah, worshipping. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Ah, see, I had a different one. Fudge packing, sm- crack smoking, Satan worshipping, motherfucker. Right, there you go. right. That, that was that one. But the one I had was uh, this flower sniffing, kitty petting, baby kissing, corporate rock whores. That one. Okay, so I, had, I've never they, heard of that, but I get why they've... Uh, yeah, I get why they've done that. That's, that's pretty cool. Did, did you ever have the Blink t-shirt where it was just like piss... Shit, fart, cunt, smell, twat. I fucked I've, your mom. I, <laughs> I've never owned a bit of Blink One Eight too much, man. Never. Shame um, on you. But Shame yeah, I've got you. I've got that bootleg. What else have I got? He did. Oh, he did a body count one, which is so hard as well. Tell everyone the uh, yeah. the the page again, just so they can. Yeah, justified arrogance, man. Nice bootleg. Justified arrogance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
So, screaming. Yeah. So anyway, I, I kind of got it. I sort of looked into Slipknot a little bit more. Then when I went out and bought the CD and I really started to get into it, I think it was one of the things I wanted to get to like it because I was fascinated. And then yeah, one, one day one day it kind of clicked. I was just like, this is sick. Do you know what I mean? And then I listened yeah. to Iowa. And do you remember when it clicked? Because I'm not sure um, if I do myself. I think it was, yeah, I was, I, I think, you know what? Maybe not. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's, it's, it's one of those hard. things like you 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 can kind of remember when you were like, "What the fuck is this that I'm listening to?" And then and then and then you can remember like it being normal. But that period in between is like a bit tricky. Well, it, it's really weird. I can't remember what it clicked, but it did. And it, the same thing happened like a few months later because I, I, I when I, I used to have MSN like everyone else. Um, yeah, and, man. And 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 some and somebody you know how we used to say like what song you were listening to in the profile. Yeah. Uh, some somebody was listening to "Pray for Plagues" by Bring Me, and, and I, I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." Uh, and, I, and I looked it up, and again, I listened to it, and I fucking hated it. Like I really? thought, "Jesus, yeah," because that because the, you know the Slipknot and this Bring Me because that was death. Oh, it's, court, it's different. I mean? That's that what I, that, that's exactly really what different. I felt about Avenged Sevenfold, right? So mm. I'd like heard like. I don't know. I think maybe I'd heard Slipknot beforehand, but I'd, I hadn't heard proper like metal core, like quite clearly, like in the genre. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so yeah. I remember hearing that and thinking, I know this is different. Like this is not your rock anymore. Like I'm not listening to rock music anymore. Do you know what I mean? Even Slipknot, mm. you could say with psychosocial and shit, it's kind of a bit rocky, like a little bit with the choruses and stuff. Yeah, it's but Ave- Avenged yeah. was like, this is like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 emo as fuck, but it's like. I don't know. It just yeah. I think, I think what happens on breakdowns and shit. Yeah, well, with that kind of stuff, I think what a lot of the time happens is kind of what happened with me. It was the natural curiosity, and then on a long enough time scale of listening to that kind of stuff, and yeah. once the shock factor starts to go away, yeah, you sort of get desensitized, and then you Definitely. really start to you start to sort of strip it away and start appreciating the different layers of it. You know what I mean? So I don't know when that moment was, but you know, I I, I went on to become a, a huge Slipknot fan and a huge Bring Me fan, despite thinking that it was a load of shit when I first heard it. So I don't really know what happened there but but that's yeah. that, that that was my introduction to screams and um i'm kind of i'm kind of glad that i got into like bring me and suicide silence when i was in like year eight because uh i feel like that stuff was just even now it is just ridiculously heavy do you know what i mean like oh, the, mate, the only yeah. stuff the only stuff heavier than that is kind of like your sort of grind core bands you know like full of hell and yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. Of bands. But you know, yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I got a, a taste for the heavy stuff quite early on, and mm. um, but yeah, that was my introduction to it. Anyway, Slipknot are definitely like ninety five percent of people's gateway bands, man. Particularly in hardcore music as well. You know, such an intro. I guess because a lot of it with hardcore as well is it's like Slipknot have always been heavy as shit. I guess you can, the new album you could maybe question it, and even with All Hope Is Gone, I guess maybe you could. But for the most part. They're heavy, so you oh, like God, yeah. it kind of fits the hardcore narrative of like, yeah, man, like they're my gateway band because they're still hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, people decry like the new record, but there's songs on there like uh, there's a song called Nero Forte, and like that's got some really heavy verses. Yeah. And, and dude, I'm not being funny. The song All Hope Is Gone from All Hope Is Gone, and songs like Gamatria and the Gamatria is uh, probably my favorite Slipknot song. <laughs> Hey, this called black as well. Like some of those, you know, when it was the first time that I think they really nailed the clean production. Yeah. Because the first two were, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love how raw the first two were. Yeah. 
volume three kind of had that sort of mainstream quality to it. But then all of his gone, man. Like, I know it's not considered the best, but Jesus Christ, like, it is heavy as it's, it's, shit. It's my favourite Slipknot album. It always has been, man. Like, yeah, yeah I, I love it. Beginning beginning to end, just like, it's all I need, to be fair. It's Sulphur on that album. It is, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That album, yeah, that's all I need, man. I say Slipknot. You asked me about Slipknot, and I'll just say, yeah, that's that's it. I couldn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know what I mean? Like, with other bands, I feel like you kind of always want more of it. But with Slipknot, I never wanted more. It was so weird. Like, I just had that list of album and was like, yeah, like, you know, big fan of Slipknot mm-hmm. now, but I, I'm like, if they release new shit, I'm, I'm never bothered, you know, and I was never bothered about this latest one or anything. And I think they gave a voice, and again, this is generic, but there's a lot of truth to it. I think they gave a voice to a lot of young people who felt, you know, disenfranchised and, and, yeah. and kind of left out. And, and like, I don't know about you, but like, up until maybe like the last year or two of school, like where I kind of was a bit more pally with everyone. Like for, for the first two or three years, I was very much in what would be considered like the weirdo crowd, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. um, and, and you tend to find that, you know, you go to any show, a metal show, a punk show, you, it, it's outsider culture and it attracts outsiders. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when Corey Taylor on the song, I am hated, he's saying, no i'm not pretty and i'm not cool but i'm fat and i'm ugly and proud so fuck you that like those kind of lyrics (laughs) with with that level of aggression i think it's kind of like oh right yeah maybe this is where i sort of fit into the world and i think yeah yeah it it is just an outlet like uh, everything i'm saying here is just sounds like tropes but it it is true i think they were just stars as well man because like Corey taylor is like on his own has just got such a distinct sound and like as a character and personality such a big personality like he's such an interesting guy and such a great stage presence and then joey jordison obviously is is almost the same like he, he was treated like a pop star as well everyone knew joey jordison's name i can't think of many bands where people know the drummer's name and i think bands where you do they're usually quite special bands because there's some kind of star quality to that band, man, you know, because no one gives a fuck about the drummer, like, no, ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember hearing about Joey Jordison more than I'd ever hear about any of the other members of that band whenever I'd hear, like, mates talking about Slipknot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, Joey Jordison was, like, the name all the time. Yeah, know? I remember, do you remember the Dead Memories video when, like, Corey's walking through that sort of, like, house underground and, like, all the members of the band are in, like different rooms but then you go into joey's room and it was like the era where he was throwing out like, the crown of thorns and he was doing the whole jesus thing yeah yeah and he was just and he was just like surrounded by like 10 birds yeah. <laughs> and it's just like yeah proper like yeah they, they, they didn't have a rock star attitude they weren't kind of arrogant or um no or they, they weren't rock and roll do you know what i mean but they no, still no. had that sort of like th- this is something i've always said to people you can dislike slipknot you can think that they're shit, you can hate them, but they're still Slipknot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They, they are they, Slipknot. They up. don't give a fuck either way. Mm. And I, I kind of felt like with the new record, I mean, this is a point of contention, obviously, and I don't want to spend too much time arguing about Slipknot. But for me, yeah, it I'll felt, talk about it, Slipknot all the time. It, it felt like they'd been a band that really didn't give much of a fuck what people for or try to pander to any kind of audience but it felt like with the latest one that i mean i think it's it's inevitable that that, that band people soften in their old age man it's just inevitable you get to a certain age you just got love in you man you're not out there to fucking moan like a teenager Speak anymore for you yourself. Know? 
Right. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think for the majority, I would hope that you've softened, you know, when you get to Have 50. A bit. When you get to 50, though, I'm not saying now, but like, I mean, and now as well. And now as well. Why not? I mean, it, yeah, definitely for me. But um, with that latest album, I thought, man, there's some here where I just feel like, are you making this because you want to make this or are you making this because, mm. you know, because it's what the label want? I don't, yeah, I mean, I think they're at the point now where, I mean, about like Slipknot are bigger than the label. And it's the same with corn. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. know that I know that bands do get heavily manipulated. I feel like it's sort of the same at the top of the at the bottom. Like bands at the bottom get to be quite authentic and do what they want. Yeah. And bands at the top who have sort of surpassed the sort of bureaucracy of the record label can do what they want. Yeah. It's that middle ground where you kind of get you kind of get rinsed a little bit. Um, yeah. But. Uh, where the hell was it going with that? No, I totally get what you mean. It's like there's 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 a there's a tier there's a tier of bands that that really have to pander like twenty four seven because of their level. They're not big enough to have enough control, and they're not small enough to kind of do whatever the fuck they want and fuck the label. It's why so many bands, especially in this scene, um, their first album. I know it's like a typical um, you know kind of a stereotype in in hardcore to say, but like first albums and demos are just sometimes like they're just better like a lot of the time they're the best music they, that that band made and a lot of the time that's because they were doing what they wanted to do and it was like raw and exciting and fun and then when they got a label they all just suddenly like you know the love fell off but they bet they carried on doing it even though they hated each other or whatever it was yeah. and the music you know and then all of a sudden they just create shit and it's like a huge thing in, in obviously metal music isn't it well, yeah, I mean, on, on the back of that, and this is the last time I am going to mention uh, Slipknot, but did you ever hear Mate Feed Kill Repeat, the demo by Slipknot that had Anders Cole Fancy as the vocalist rather than Corey Taylor? Ah, man, never heard of that. Yeah, listen to it, man. It's, it's, I don't think you can find a physical copy of it anymore without forking out a stupid amount of money, but uh, <laughs> that's an interesting listen. Yeah. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Get on YouTube, YouTube, man. What, else, what, yeah. is, what isn't on fucking YouTube, mate? Um, what isn't on YouTube? Those were those really early while she sleeps demos. Are they not? I thought I found I that one the other day. I can't. I, I, I don't know if it was the right one though. I think I dug it up on some bizarre website, but uh... um, while she sleeps, mate, what a fucking band. Um, I could talk about them for this whole podcast, really, but I'm just aware of like what we wanted to talk about. I'm looking over here, and it looks like we've done pretty much everything we wanted to do. But one thing we missed was what our family thought of of it or the music or us being into it you first um so yeah my dad just like didn't even comment on it just for obviously you can tell it's weird as fuck but like yeah that was kind of it and then would kind of because i was playing in in bands like shitty bands when i was like 16 or whatever so my dad would be like oh are you playing like gigs but he would never sort of be like what he would just be like what is that weird kind of music you know i mean and then my mum was kind of like I know she would come to our shows and enjoy it but yeah again it was still just like what the fuck is that kind of thing like just yeah I think yeah nine times out of ten you're gonna have your parents are like what the fuck is this but I I do know one of the family members that was actually responsible for getting me into a lot of this stuff when I was younger actually probably like seven or eight was I had an uncle Uncle Dave and he was a big metal maniac mate he was a metal maniac right this guy Uncle Dave he was bald he wore military fucking trousers, big ass boots. He just looked like your download bloodstock, you know, like 
twenty year veteran in the military in the military outfit. Do you know what I mean? That's basically yeah. what he looked like. Um, and like again, it was the, it was a time of not having streaming and not having even before LimeWire and stuff like. So he would make me USB sticks or and CDs of what he was listening to. He'd rip the CD. Yeah, like yeah, rip them. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the stuff that he showed me onto. His biggest, his probably one of his favorites was Linkin Park. So he did show me a lot of that. How the hell um, have we not mentioned Linkin Park yet? Fucking yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely one to talk about, man. I say for me oh, actually, personally. actually, we did mention them briefly. Briefly, briefly. Yeah, yeah. For me, like I remember being in his garage and him showing me all this stuff and thinking, yeah, this is really cool, man. And obviously it was cool having a family member that, liked it like was keen on it and was like yeah i'm trying to remember any other bands that he showed me but because i know he just showed me some really heavy shit and i was super young so i was kind of like i don't know what this is probably like in flames or like some kind of like like Wah! you know i can't even do yeah. that. like you know like the really high-pitched fucking screams where it's just like, were there, it's like were the, there tr- any... the tremolo kind of yeah were there any bands that from that era that on paper you probably should have got into around that time but you actually went on to get into later on like oh that's a good question mm. um because on paper like corn should well since i was into corn pretty early like deftones I, I didn't get into deftones yes until, like, deftones massive yeah. massive mate i remember being 21 <clears throat> yeah. 21 maybe or, or 22 even i don't think it was that late but like, I mean, yeah, man, I was fucking super old. I remember getting on the train once and I had like an hour journey and I was like, you know what? I've never given Deftones. Like, I've never, ever given them a chance. Like, don't remember ever hearing them when I grew up. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'd heard My Own Summer just because it's such an iconic song that you'd hear it sort of like on a Tony Hawk or I, I don't think it was on Tony Hawk, but like maybe wrestling or something like that i don't think it was i think it just got a lot of or maybe a film on, it might have been MTV a couple Rocks. movies it might be a couple movies actually because it, it would it would fit i don't know but they were on the friday yeah. the 13th oh no that was hate breed wasn't it i know deftons have been on a film was it was i don't it, know man what the hell was it i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find out i'm gonna have to look it yeah. up yeah but i remember get, getting on the train and open up spotify and, and thinking right which one do i go for and i luckily i didn't pick adrenaline i picked around the fur yeah and i was just so thankful that i did that because obviously going back to listen to adrenaline you're like oh, okay yeah you can yeah we we can forget yeah. about this one but mate around the fur was like i just like mate I, Tom's album. I, I, I i honestly like i haven't had an experience like around the fur there are very there are very few albums let's say that i can count that have done that have, that have had that impact on me as listening to around the fur beginning to end it's got it all it's got like it's got the beefy riffs it's got the breakdowns it's got the sort of spacey melodic vocals as well um i don't get me wrong i love white pony uh, and it's got some really really standout individual tracks but there's a whole piece um around the fur i think absolutely is the best deftones record but it's, it's but- one of those albums i wish i could wipe my all memory of having heard it and just experience it again for the first time i like I just yeah wish that so much. At the same time though, I, th- I feel like De- there's Deftones couldn't put out a bad song if they tried. Like you could literally go through the whole discography and like even if you took the most random track number nine off one of their mid to late career albums, you still listen to it and think that was cool. You know what I mean? They I don't I don't um, think they know how good they are. You know, 
I, I yeah. see interviews and stuff, and I don't think they know just how influential. And... Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if they do either. They're all super humble, and I think they've kind of always been making music from the standpoint of like, this is what we've. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> this is what this is just the music that that we've wanted to make. Like this is just our sound because because their sound is like no one sounds like them, does it? Do they? And even though they kind of came up in the in the new metal genre, like you couldn't, you, it would be pigeonholing them. Like pen, you know, it would be doing them a disservice to say they're just a new metal band. Yeah. So uh, I, I think, think I think sorry, go on. But yeah, just having done their music for them since the beginning, like it's what every band sort of aspires to do. I think is like finding your sound between five people in a room. And yeah. just not having any influence, having you know light influences, but but most of what you're doing is what you've created. You know, it's what you're in. What yeah, your own thing. Yeah. So so that so that was a band that was kind of like discovered a little bit later on. I mean, I mean, I heard Diamond Eyes in so many bands are like when I first heard the material, I just somehow assumed that that was like the first album they'd done. Like I remember hearing Diamond Eyes, and that's like. That was like album number five or something like that. Do you know what I mean? There were, yeah. I was thinking it was the first one, but yeah, um, yeah, they were, they yeah. Were, White White Pony was like something I got into probably a year later. Weirdly, like I remember having a lot of sessions with my my old one of my old friends, and uh, Back to School would come on like all the time, and we'd just like it would be such a rage. We'd just be like Back to School, like it was yeah. such a fucking do tune. Know, do you know the story behind that song? Yeah, man, I love it. Like, they, do you want to tell them? You, you tell, tell, tell so, them. So, so basically, um, there was a song called Pink Maggot at the end of, um, the, uh, of the original album, White Pony, before they put it out. Um, and the, Stefan submitted the record to the label, uh, and they said, okay, well, it's obviously a sick album, but they, you don't have like a standout anthem. And they were like, the record label were like, but we found this chorus that you've got at the end of Pink Maggot. And we wondered if you might be able to rework this into a, into a, like a sort of radio, not necessarily radio friendly, but like a more, more of an anthem. And, and they did it uh, very begrudgingly. Uh, they hate playing that song. They hate talking about it, even though it's one of the biggest hits. Um, it's, it's the reason the lyrics are so kind of shit, like, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, smoking cigarettes, sipping vodka. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he literally wrote it, I think, in like an afternoon because they, yeah. needed, they needed to get a single out for release day. This, this story's probably got a few holes in it. I'm no, that's sure exactly, exactly, that's how, exactly how I remember it. Yeah, and um, anyway, I don't know if you noticed, but like, a few weeks back, they released uh, White Pony 20 because it's 20 years old. Mm. And uh, Back to School simply isn't on the album. No because way. They, they, yeah, well, they're now at a point where That's what they always wanted, wasn't it? That's what they always wanted. You've mm. got a bunch of remixes. You've got mm. a bunch of reworked songs. But, uh, yeah, Back to School just isn't on there. Fetus Air is the first track. So, uh, yeah, that's the story behind that. Interesting. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> what I found amazing about that is that just just realizing that that song is Deftones when they're actually trying to take the piss, like when they don't even care about the, <laughs> about their song. Like that song is them just not giving a shit. So if it can be that good when they don't give a shit, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I remember thinking, wow, this is such a good tune anyway. And then when I heard that like they wrote it, they'd wrote wrote it in like 10 minutes, I just thought, oh man, I love them even more now, you know? Yeah. Because it's exactly. probably one of my favorite songs from them. But like I know that 
it's just yeah for them it's corny i guess but yeah um no pun intended with the corny corny we know we know we know, we know that corn are uh, deftones uh, sweet and slightly less well-trained little brother um yeah uh what what, what do you make of uh corn yeah, man. So Corn, I just never ever got into. Like the my earliest memories of them was, um, I remember hearing Freak on a Leash on Guitar Hero. It's got to be, and thinking this is so weird. Like I don't even like the sort of breakdowns. They're not really doing it for me. The vocals are really doing it. It it's all just like I don't know. Just, it just didn't vibe with me, man. The 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 key that it was in or something just. Like, I kind of thought it was cool, but like, and I remember my friends thinking it was kind of cool, but just something about it, like, was just, it never gelled for me. And then, um, yeah. post, post that, I can't really think of any other songs as a kid where I was like, mm. it's kind of dope. I just remember that main one being the one that most people like knew and just thinking mm-hmm. it's not my thing. They're, they're, they're an interesting one, icon because they're, they're so so ridiculously big but also not that big at the same time you know they've done collaborations Definitely, with yeah. ice cube they they, they did that's a, mad a, i didn't know that what yeah the yeah there's there's a song on follow the leader i think it's like before freak of the leash it's called uh children of the corn and it's just got ice cube on it they've got a song <laughs> on they've got a song on a biggie smalls album that the biggie duets there's a there's a, a song yeah yeah biggie smalls featuring corn yeah corn have a fucking music Corn have a music video where they've got different rappers pretending to be Corn, like Snoop Dogg plays Jonathan Davis in it. What they, they the used fuck? To, dude, they, they used to tour with like House of Pain, Cypress Hill. They've got like a really weird connection to um, a lot of like rap stuff. I don't know if it's because they're from Cali or whatever, but yeah, there was the moment where like, I think, like, I remember talking to somebody at a show once and like he, he was a little bit older than me and he said to me, he was like, Dude, in 1994, Corn were like the biggest band in the world, and in 1999, Limp Bizkit were the biggest band in in the world. You know, so these yeah. new metal bands, like I know people look back on it and it's a bit kind of cringy, and people look at the fashion and think, Jesus Christ. But I tell you what, like putting like you know that music, it, it got into the mainstream and it worked its way into a lot of stuff. I was reading an article the other day about Corn, and it was saying like bands and artists that have been influenced by Corn and, and what Billie Eilish was one of them um, yeah. and I don't know if she personally is signed Dude, the, like the 90s were just fucking brilliant for crossover shit like that man because yeah. I, I listened to One Life One Chance podcast shout out One Life One Chance one of my favourite podcasts um, at the moment um, the vocalist of H2O is his podcast Toby Morse and oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> his band played with actually, I forget the name of the label but it was the, it's the label that they're on um or the were on at the time they did like like a label tour you know like where everyone that's under the label kind of does a tour and ice cube was on it so it was like h2o mm-hmm. and it was a couple of hardcore bands and ice cube like was literally on the tour like with them all i just find yeah, that shit yeah. fucking amazing man like i would just dr- imagine that kind of crossover today like just be so sick i mean yeah. to be fair actually i don't know if it's happening but like a lot of trap stuff nowadays is kind of like heavy it's kind of like breaks i know it's mosh pits and shows and things but I don't know if there's actually been any kind of crossover tours. I'm sure there has, but like, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to my cousin about this a few years ago and he was really into, you know, like um, like happy hardcore, you know, like like sort of synthy, like dance music. 
you know, like hard, hardcore till I die. Kind oh, of the, stuff. the thing that's got nothing to do with hardcore music, like the exactly the, the genre but, hardcore that's like the dance music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and he and he, but when he was a little bit younger, he was into metal, and we were both saying that. Well, he was saying that with metal and dance music, you're both looking for the same thing, but in a different format. Like everybody's waiting for the drop. Everybody's waiting for the heavy bit. Everybody's waiting for the catchy bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like right, yeah. The, 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 there's a lot of parallels. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I know metal. This very is extreme. it, dude. The Family Values tour, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let's see who was on this. Ninety-eight. Family Values: Corn, Ramstein, Ice Cube, Limp Biscuit. <sighs> and then I, I can't even read the last band. But yeah, fuck me, dude. That's crazy. Mate, I'd take I'd take a fifty percent pay cut for a year just to, <laughs> to watch that fucking tour. Honestly, Jesus. But definitely like new metal. There was definitely like a big crossover with new metal and sort of. Well, yeah, it was like it was rap, wasn't it? It was rap and metal just kind of slapped together, like Linkin Park and Corn. Yeah, well, Limp yeah, like yeah, Limp Bizkit, Yeah, of course it was. I'm I'm saying this like like some revelation, but yeah, of course that was, what it, was. it was a, it was a strange time. And I, I, and I do believe that rock and metal will have a, a, a resurgence to some extent, but well, I don't new, think new metal had the resurgence in the hardcore scene, at least. Anyway. <clears throat> I, I don't know yeah. if it was really like on a huge scale, but obviously you had Vane. Um, Vane obviously just went absolutely massive, like from yeah, being was... really small, you know, because and I'm trying to think there was a there was definitely a few others that came along with that. Yeah, 90s worship, I think, comes around every few years. Just, just 90s worship in general, but yeah, new metal had its. I mean, it's still I still probably having its time in America at the moment. So, tell me more about your uh, family's response to that kind of music. It sounds it sounds like it, it's not as if either of us were brought up in like super Christian households. Nah, man, like I had a friend, I had a friend who I just used to feel so sorry for him because his parents like actually like treated him differently for liking this kind of music, you know? Like his parents just thought like he, that, you know, like how if you wanted to be a bully or something that you just think someone's weird so you don't want to hang out with them. That was like the parents approach to him with the music. It was like, you're just weird. Like they... And they treated him different. I thought, man, I can't imagine that, you know? I felt like that's so, that's so fucking, you know what I mean? What a shame. It's um, one of them, like, if, if, I, if I had a kid and he was listening to Slipknot or whatever, he'd probably be listening to it because I'd shown it him or something. But yeah. at the same time, like, if, if, if my kid was like 12 and he was listening to Full of Hell, <laughs> there's part of me that would want to take him for a checkup and just make sure that he was all there. Slightly you know concerned, I mean? I, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, um, somebody said to me the other day, they were like, oh, how would you feel if your band got big, this sort of black metal project I'm working on? And I was like, I don't want it to, because if people's, if people liked that kind of music on a big scale, that would be a really sad reflection of humanity. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and doing so. doing a black metal band, it's not allowed to get big, mate. So if it did, exactly. you'd, you'd have to stop because it's just not allowed. And you've We're got to record... A on, show in a forest. You've got to record on a tape recorder in a shoe. That's the only way you can make black metal. In in this Monster Energy camp, we're going yeah. to do a demo. Yeah. It's the only yeah. way you do it. In a forest, in a in a in an old boot, tape recorder... Bob's your uncle, yeah. mate. 
Yeah. Um, um, See, so yeah, I feel like we've kind of lost where we're going here, but we family, are... family, family, family. Well, family yeah. Values. I mean, I didn't hear much about yours. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing. Oh. I'm guessing from what I've said that yours is pretty similar. Like they're kind of like obviously yeah. they're not going to go start listening to it, but they're not totally against it either. You know what? Something yeah. interesting that come up. I know we're not fathers yet, um, but Toby Morse has got a son and uh, he's like 18 now, and I find it kind of interesting because. It was talking about how, so obviously imagine your dad is like, you know, hot metal, hardcore, just always been into that kind of music. And then you try and have your rebel phase as a teenager, but it's the same music that your dad's already listening to. Right. So how do you, how do you rebel? Right. And it was really interesting. I thought, yeah, man, that's kind of true. Like, I wonder if he feels like he can rebel or have his kind of rebel phase because the music that his dad's like, yeah, what you listen to is sick. But what I've, what I noticed is he's really into uh fit for an autopsy right so obviously they're like just straight up like heavy ass deathcore and um toby talking about the podcast he's like i've never heard this music before i have no idea what it is <laughs> it's fucking terrifying but yeah. i'm okay with it you know he likes that and i think that's kind of it it's kind of like you can go yeah. listen to that kind of it because i guess what we're into like metal and hardcore it's just such a huge it's so vast, do you know what I mean? For such a small scene, there's like yeah. 50 different fucking genres, you know? It, it is interesting, though, that I do know a few individuals who got into hardcore, like, just through hardcore and, like, through punk and stuff. And, like, there's a decent amount of people out there that, you know, love punk music and, and, and stuff. Yeah. But they're just, not, they're just not that much into the metal. And I think I bet, what, yeah. what, on, one, one of the on. reasons... I was going to say, one of the reasons I've sort of been looking forward to, to doing the podcast and stuff is because we've kind of dipped our toes into all of the different worlds a little bit, you know, like we kind of came up Definitely. on metal and metalcore. We've had the Impericon thing, we've had the UK DIY thing, but there are people yep. out there who, you know, metal compared to this, you know, like, I don't know if, I don't, would the bad brains have been listening to like extremely heavy music? Probably not. Yeah, they were probably just not. Bumps, yeah. You know? yeah. 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 That's the thing. I think it's important <sighs> to say that we, spent a lot of our time being obsessed with hardcore music in our teens and going to hardcore shows but i would say at heart we are little metalcore kids you know like we're little yeah. emo we're little emos and we just love it man and to be honest like if you if you you know because i've noticed with this with obviously quarantine with everything that's happened like my go-to bands are metalcore bands you know like i don't go and slap on um i don't know fucking oh, i don't know i can't even think of one right now I mean, like, as much as I fucking love Biohazard, I don't go and just slap them on on the regular, on the daily. Um, Hatebreed, fucking love them to bits, but, like, I don't just go listen to Hatebreed every single day. Um, I don't know, man. I like, think hardcore's an interesting one because... And a lot of, the, like, the more punkier ones, like, I never hmm. I never really listened to. It was kind of just... I, hmm. I really respect and enjoy some of them, but... Um, yeah, I, what, I say what? like at heart, obviously, metalcore is my go-to, man. Like 90s metalcore, I've been obsessed with at different times. Modern metalcore at the moment. It's just, yeah, it's been my go-to. Hardcore is one of those things where I think that is, we were saying this yesterday, weren't we, about that's kind of like the grassroots thing. That's your local thing. That's the, that's the yeah. thing that keeps you sort of active and something that you can participate in. You know, like we can't participate in the daily life and culture surrounding some big famous metal bands you know what i mean but we can with something like hardcore it's something you can contribute to do you know what i mean like and and there's a scene there's a there's a, a cohesive scene there's a, a, a social media 
Um, you know, there's a cohesive like social media for hardcore. You've got your hardcore pages and stuff like that. So yeah, I think man. that is probably the best link to your past and future in terms of music and, and community. Yeah, definitely. And it's all really subjective too. I mean, like a lot of the original bands that were doing <clears throat> this kind of music in the 90s, like th to them, it was called hardcore. They didn't know any other name for it. Like you were a hardcore band if you just played anything that was heavy and you were like a teenager, you know? Like Misery Signals and all those kind of early metalcore bands and Orange County metalcore bands, one kind of early 90s, mid 90s. Like they all say like they were just hardcore. Like they just knew it as hardcore music, you know? And it Who's kind of like the genre has progressed from there. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. I even, I caught myself there thinking about it and thinking in terms of traditional, like hard, like, I guess like punk hardcore, um, it would have to be, it would have to be the Cro-Max for me. It would just, yeah, it would have to be. I think, yeah, man, I just, yeah. Like listening to, and the thing is, I'm in the camp that most people would just be like, what the fuck? But like, Alf, yeah, Alpha Omega is my favorite Cro-Max album. And that was when they were, doing like a very like mainstream metal like 80s kind of they were trying to do a ride the lightning you know they were trying to do like a road lightning or justice for all um and just be as like glammy and like out there and just like like it's got dj deck like like sounds yeah. in it and it's all it's all just so corny and cheesy but i fucking love it man some of the riffs on there to this day like they're still the best riffs i've ever heard i remember sitting there and my jaw hit the floor like are just speechless the whole time listening to it and was just obsessed listen to it every day for like six months um but then i left it years like just saying alpha mega alpha mega and then age of coral I, I listened to so much later and was like i'm gonna give this i'm gonna proper give this a go you know because like punky stuff i get it just i get so bored of it but age of coral once it clicked i was like fuck me this is insane so i would say yeah it's gotta be chromats because throughout the thing i mean they're the two records i really fuck with i love best wishes too but um, yeah, Age of Quarrel is, is a is a slapper, mate. Like for actual punk hardcore, I know you're you're into a lot more punk hardcore than I am, way 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 more. So for me, like there's very few. So I say it's mm. got to be Chromax because they, they've they've got enough of that fresh for me to keep me entertained. You know, like the metally where I kind of come from and gravitate to, like fresh metally kind of stuff. They're all massive for that. So it just yeah, they've got that nice like metal tinge, I guess. Even with the yeah. the first record, like. And just the story and just everything. Yeah, just love it, mate. Sick. New yeah. York, New York Hardcore. Like, New York Hardcore is definitely my, like, bread and butter. Like, my favorite bands. Like, um, <clears throat> It's a world of its own, isn't it? Yeah, like, Stigma, uh, Marauder, Flipping. Um, I mean, Detroit, Cold as Life. But, like, those kind of, yeah, I love all that shit, man. But I guess you could even say they're, like, a little bit metalcore as well. Well, Cro-Mags were very much... Uh, not uh, Chrome, not Cro-Mags, by the way. I meant... Stigma and Stigma, yeah, 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 yeah. But just off the back of that, like Chromags were very much a band that brought the worlds of of punk and metal together. They kind of brought that. I think they championed a wave of heavier punk. Um, you know, that they, they, they were very much, you know, like a band like Bad Brains. I know people credit them as like the first hardcore band, um, but I think Chromags definitely set a standard in terms of, you know, aggression. Yeah, man, definitely. And like, I mean, I don't, my history is definitely not great here, but for the time that they were doing their thing, you know, like, I mean, well, we know they were one of the first to do it. Like, they're definitely one of the first bands, first hardcore bands, like 1986. 
So, yeah, they're definitely one of the first crossover, if you could kind of call it crossover, like for having those fresh elements, they're definitely one of the, one of the first, like, that were more in the punk realm, I guess. But obviously, crossover was doing really well at the time. Like, you had DRI, um, you had Anthrax, you know, you had, uh, I guess, Slayer even as well. Like, mm-hmm. freshy, punky stuff was definitely doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, man, what about you anyway? What's your favorite hardcore band? Oh, man. See, I asked you that question. Like, because what, what I mean, not, what, not... just so everyone kind of gets it, we're talking on the theme of like beginnings with this podcast, right? So I'm thinking with hardcore, let's say what our number one, like early hardcore band yeah. is. Because my, my answer would be very different for 90s hardcore, best band of the 90s and best band of the 2010s, best band of the now, right? So I think considering let's say 80s right let's say your best hardcore band of the 80s yeah um, um I, I don't i don't know more, i don't know about the 80s man i mean it, it, it's, or 90s it was, we'll, we'll accept it, 90s, it was, we'll 90s um i'm gonna say Madball, um uh, because yeah, they're, they're a band that they're a band that i never out. get bored of um i think you know the discography they've they got some of those iconic early albums you know set it off demonstrating my style uh you know a new york band that they, they came from the sort of fallout of, of, of agnostic front and yeah, hard um, as nails man a, a lot of lineup changes you know they've uh everyone you know very much loved at, at festivals as well do you know what i mean like a lot of metal crowds will go and go and see bands like madball because they're so good live man like I, i've only seen them once but fucking hell they're yeah. so tight like, i think i've only seen them once as well yeah so i'd, I'd say they're the band that i enjoy listening to the most but then but then there's I'll, but then, yeah, so probably them from the 90s, I, I'd say. This Jesus is really Christ, hard to do. I feel tough. like every every podcast we should ask, we should ask each other like, yeah, and we'll just we'll just keep going through our, our number one favorite and it will just change all the time. Because yeah, because I think like the more the, I think about it, the more I'm like, nah, like, they, you know, what I mean, none of Madball's albums so would make it into my top 10 hardcore albums that's the thing i just i love yeah. just listening to them but like you know top albums would be bands like fury and have heart and ceremony and that kind of thing you know yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a really strange one and i do i do go through phases like that's i think thing, me paramount, and you are very... paramount's definitely one of my favorite hardcore records of that ilk you know like punky i guess wait i don't want to say real hardcore because you know but i know a lot of people would consider that like the the good shit you know yeah. but i guess there's, there's there's punk hardcore and then there's Metally hardcore, heavy hardcore. I don't know what the fuck, you know. I, th- I think something that me and you are very similar with when we get into a band is that we will listen to, like, if, if you know, do you remember, like, when we were, had that phase where we were just constantly listening to Mystery Signals, constantly listening to Architects, yeah, constantly listening to Counterparts? We seem to like synchronize. It's like we're on a period or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like, and I, I'll will... say exactly why that is now. I'll tell you exactly why that is. And if you agree, you know, whatever. But for me, it's the fact that I'm sure, I mean, I don't know how many people can relate to this. If you're listening to this and you are like a fellow, you know, mosher. Mosh pot. Little, little greasy mosher, yeah. Um, sweaty. Being, being into this sort of shit is, in a sense, isolating. Like, I've always thought that, like, I don't give a fuck. I love what I love and I don't care. Um, <laughs> but in the same sense, it's such a nice thing to be able to, like, talk to loads of people about what you love so much, you know. But, and having that thing of no one knows or gives a fuck or understands at all what i'm talking about and then to suddenly have a friend that that totally gets it loves it pretty much just as much if not more than you um it's just a fucking crazy thing to be like mate like 
I've spent like 10 years being into this one niche band from 94 that no one in my circle knows about, you know, and it's the kind of thing where all the times of me going to shows over like the past eight years, I'm such a loner at shows, man. Like, okay, like outbreaks, stuff like, like one or two free big events of the year. I'll obviously hang out with, with groups of people. But for the most part, when it's just your your average bands coming over to do tours, like, you know, like your US bands are coming over to do a one-off show in Leeds or whatever, London, whatever. I'll just, I always go on my own, man. Like I've probably got like a list of 200 shows, maybe. Yeah, over my time of going to gigs, maybe. Probably, yeah, probably 200, 150, where I've just gone on my own. Like, I've not bothered mm-hmm. to try to talk to anybody. I'd go, I watch the bands, I buy the merch, I have a few drinks, I come home, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so you, then, you'll, you'll, then... you'll take the train all the way down to London to see a show. On my know, own, like... yeah, always. Yeah, I've that. never love questioned that. it. I've never questioned it, always done it. And I've had friends that have been like, oh, I really want to go see this band. I'm like, go then. They're like, but I'm not going to go on my own. I'm like, mate, I've never questioned it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy to go on my own. So I think with, with us, it's like, mate, I found a lad who's into misery signals. It's like fucking hell. Like yeah, this is well, amazing. So to be able to just chat about it is is awesome, man. Well, I, I'll I'll take this opportunity to tell any listeners uh, how we know each other. Um, I mean, the first time we officially met was actually at Trapped Under Eyes at the Underworld. That was I, I just saw. I mean, I, uh, I saw yes. you, I recognised you. And yeah, I, I was I was off corridor. my face. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was like five years ago and about thirty pounds ago for both of us. Um, you Fucking know, hell, yeah, we, mate. Yeah, we've mate. both slimmed down a fair bit since then. Um, yeah, about three thousand beers ago, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, but but we actually started talking um, because I Lawrence was putting together a band, and I sent over some vocals. It, it didn't quite work out in the end, but um, mm. but that that that's sort of how. Which I wish I still had that recording, but you deleted that Facebook page, so that vocal's gone forever. Oh, mate, I'm and glad it was, you don't It was have fucking it. hilarious, man. It was so good. Yeah, it was so bad. It was, it was so. I, I wish I could hear like it again. A, sounded like a strangled cat. Like it was brilliant. It was. Brilliant. I think that I think the thing that annoys me about it particularly is that if I did it now, I'd probably smash it. I'd probably. Oh yeah, do what, you definitely would. You no, know I mean, you but back would. then, like. Yeah. I think I think when I started getting fat, my vo- my vocals got better. <laughs> but I think okay. back then when I was like skinny little rat, I just think I was. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. But but hey, anyway, that's how we know each other. Um, yeah. I think I think it's probably a good opportunity to tell people that. I feel like we other- should have mentioned that at the beginning, but oh well. Oh fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. If you if you've um, made it this far, you're a fucking legend. That's all I'm gonna say. Because we're over yeah. an hour at this point. So if you're still listening, you're the MVP. Yeah. And we said we weren't gonna cuss that much, but here we are, Effin and Jeff. Oh yeah, kind of. Um, it just happened, didn't it? It does. And I think it's probably a good opportunity to say that another one of the things that links us together uh, isn't just music. It's also mental health, well-being, and ultimately self-improvement as well. Yeah, man. For sure. For sure. So if you made it through all of that, thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate it. That was the first episode of the Grumpy Old Mushers podcast. Um, Don, you got anything else to say? Um, uh, listen to um, As I Lay Dying on repeat every day. <laughs> um, lift weights, drink monster energy. Don't give shit. Don't take shit. And uh, Godfather 3 is nowhere as near as bad as people think it is. And The Wire is... Shit. Is the equivalent of Pearl Jam. Who aren't. 
Pearl Jam and The Wire are the same thing. I don't know, whatever that was, that's what we're leaving you with today. Yeah. But no, for real, thank you so much for, for checking this out. Uh, my name's Lawrence. My name's that, Donald. That is Donald. And uh, yeah, Dude. man, I hope you uh, got something out of this. And I've had a lot of fun with you. I've had, I've had a really good time. I, I personally think that went really well. So whenever you listen back and it's a car crash, I don't know, but I thought that went pretty good. But no, um, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you. If you liked it, um, let us know, man. Drop us a message. Um, there will be an Instagram page made for this before this goes up. So please give us a comment. Uh, give us a like. Give us some reposts and reshares on your stories. If you if you can, that would be amazing. Um, hopefully, this will be on Spotify as well. So we're looking for Spotify, Instagram, and, and maybe I'll look at some like other podcast websites and stuff. So again, this is the first episode. This is all a work in progress. Like We're going to be just feeling it out and seeing how we go. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy along the ride with us. This is our little bit of COVID creativity. So again, thank you guys so much. Thank you. And we're out. Peace. Peace.